We got anything to discuss besides Stetson? Why, why would we discuss anything but this? What are you talking about? I know. What's Stetson do? I don't Stetson pay attention to things. Oh, oh. This Stetson didn't do anything. You. Stetson just lived. Yeah. Stetson is amongst draft internet. Yeah. Mm. And so, I don't think it's necessarily invalid, but I also <laughs> am not worried about that. I think it's a very problem. We got our Heisman money. I think yeah, a very good. I think a very important part of his efficiency and effectiveness as a leader at Georgia was his ability to put down an entire rack of bush light in a night. And I think that uh I'm not going to make him apologize for that. Yeah, did they sleep on Matt Stafford at the draft for his Talladega keg cuddle? No. I can't remember. I'm asking. I'm very old. Did no. they sleep on that no, stuff? No, no, no. no. But no, but also well. it was also also it was the Lions. Like mm. he got yeah. out. He did get out. God oh, I just mean the Lions aren't going to be like. Well, we have. I don't know. I don't know if you have the yeah. strength of character to come yeah. play for Georgia Detroit. Continually <laughs> in Michigan. I don't know if you're a, know if you're a lion a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a, a question though. Man. Are you a bad enough dude to survive? <laughs> Are you a bad enough lions? dude to play for the Lions? <laughs> I'm a lion man for the Cowboys. Can you last longer than Calvin Johnson? <laughs> uh, we we think Matt Stafford might drink to cope. He sounds like a lion to me, brother. Bring him home. <laughs> Mama's calling. She's slurring her words because she has to watch the Lions. On Thanksgiving. Again. Another fucking Lions nooner with Big Sean doing the halftime show again. Speaking of slurring words, yeah. I wish he would because they're terrible because they were written by Big Sean. She got a butt. That's why I call her Madam Butt. <laughs> You could probably open a honky tonk here called Madam Butt and do pretty well, if I'm being honest. <laughs> hey, we're going to be at Myrtle Beach this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of Madam Butt, <laughs> a bar probably exists in Myrtle Beach already called. Actually, yeah. it's probably, it's not, it's Madam Butt. It's Ms. Butt. Ms. Butt. M I Z Butt. <sighs> in Myrtle Beach, they go Ms. Ms. That's Ms. Butt there. That's because it's a friend Maybe of Mama. Mama's. Mama butt? Mama butt. Mama butts. You've made it plural. <laughs> a division of mama butts. LLC. Wait, is that is that possessive or plural? Ooh, plural possessive. Is it? Oh, it's owned by numerous <laughs> mama butts. Mm, yeah. Mama's butts is. Mama butts apostrophe. Mama's butts apostrophe. <laughs> there we go. I am betting. I'm assuming both of these s's are z's. Yes, these is converted Zaxby's. It's a majority. It's a, you know, there's the former Pizza Hut's become anything. Former Zaxby's that is now a strip club in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I I have gone over very few things from economics classes in my daily huh. life but on. one thing Whoa. that does hey, hang on one there. thing that does hang stick on there, in my head. But, but spencer you handle all my personal finances <laughs> i have some terrible news for you ryan <laughs> well, and let's, some very let's head g- on back to the stable there big fella <laughs> so but but the th- but the notion of inelastic demand is something that always comes back to me because it's always the worst businesses that have the most inelastic demand for instance in myrtle beach we could open the worst daiquiri uh, margarita bar ever and we could yeah. call it Ms. Butts then we could open one down the road and we could call it 
Madam Mr. Butts. Mr. Butts. And then, then, then. <laughs> one of then, them only lies and one of them only tells the truth. How would you escape the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> then we could open the steakhouse that's the high end concept called Mr. Butts. Mon- Monsieur Butts. Yeah, Monsieur yeah. Butts. Monsieur Butts. <laughs> Monsieur Butts. And we could put, and they would all make money. There would be nothing. We could be like, could we do less and could we try less? Could we put out a worse product? And then we could put out a yes, competing and it would make lobbying money. experience called the Myrtle Butts Chamber of Commerce. Can we then also undercut Mon- Monsignor Butts with like brother butts, right? Like yeah. we got, we got, yeah. we got the real the cheap Dax. Is, is that the storefront church? That's for kids. That's the kids. That's the I, kids zone. Holly, I believe okay. you're preferring to Saint Butts. Yes, excuse me. <laughs> that's the. That's I didn't think Myrtle Beach held with. And then, uh, and then we have a schism, and then there's a church called like Reformation Butts. Mm. Catfi- Catfish Shack. That's Uncle Butts. <laughs> primitive Butts. Dot biz. Primitive Buttsists. <laughs> yeah. Catfish Shack. Uncle Butts. I'm Butts. First Orthodox. free will Buttist. Auntie Butts. Lingerie Ooh. Shack. Yes. <coughs> Auntie Butts just made me see God. Oh my God. Um, I'm Auntie Butts is a, is a cigarettes and fireworks stand. Hmm. Uncle Butts is going to be immediately sued out of business by my Uncle Buster's line of sweatpants. Uncle I mean, it is South Carolina. You could have, like, Auntie Buttsum. <laughs> I'm not going there, but. Good. I just know that going to the world's strongest man in South Carolina, I will hear at one point someone walk by during the competition and say, Dang, that's a big old boy. I'm going to hear that at least once. It'll be worth the entire trip. When I think, where are the world's strongest men? The first place that comes to mind is definitely Myrtle Beach. That's that's what's in Myrtle <laughs> Have Beach. Have you ever is... been during Bike Week? Yeah, Horry <laughs> County, home of the strong butts. Why is it there? I have no idea. They paid. It, it's it, for instance. Uh-huh. Can I give you a list of places where the world's strongest men has been, and it Please will put do. it in contest? Because it's Please not do. like Myrtle Beach is not in demand during April. Let's see this if we can find season. a common thread. Yeah, because for a long time it was in Mauritius. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mar- the following Mauritius, places, Kentucky. The, yes, the following pit Mauritius. <laughs> Mauritius, Kentucky, starting offensive guard for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Mauritius a, also sounds like the name of a of a dog in Georgia. Mauritius. Mauritius, the get off the Mauritius. Get down. Stop that. Mauritius. Yes. A, a list yes. of recent. There was room. For the strong men on do, that do island? You, do you not remember? This is like, to me, the like ESPN heyday broadcasting of it when you're like, here's a big man carrying a, a spherical rock mm. on, yes. on a very hot day. That was always like, on at like 3 o'clock That's in the where afternoon. that was? I think those were all in Mauritius. Yes. Why? Because, I don't know. So, here's a list of the places, and if you can find a common thread between them, please tell me. We're going to ask about Mauritius while Since we're there, though, because that is a curious starting point. Mauritius has hosted it uh, on multiple, or on, on one occasion. Sorry, one occasion. What are Mauritius's chief Other, exports? Maybe that'll answer the question. Pectoral muscles. That's probably. No, I just mean, do they have a lot of seafood buffets to let's feed these men? Let's see here. Economy of Mauritius. All right. Uh, go, let's go see. Kuala Lumpur. Uh, sugar. Sugar. Okay. 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 Yeah. No, this this checks out. Um, Victoria Falls, Zambia has hosted it on multiple occasions. Valletta, Malta, hosted hey, it in 1999. That's a real stupid place to have it, but okay. It is hosted... Oh, Valletta's hosted it at least twice. That's Putra, like a real crowded island the size of Knoxville. They followed up a trip through Sun City, South Africa, by taking it to Wingate, North Carolina. What? Uh-huh. 
then to Sanya, China, which is in Hainan. This is this is an organization that, forgive me, has invited me to be a correspondent for the weekend, but is also clearly trying to invade law enforcement on several continents. Putrajaya, Malaysia. See, that came right after L- L.A. This logically, this organization, I believe, is operated by Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Followed up, by the way. Where is like, Carmen San Diego? Looking for some big dump truck men. Looking, for, looking at big ass dudes is what she's up to. Listen, Carmen San Diego wants often wants to steal things that like cannot be stolen. Like it's like Carmen's stolen Statue of Liberty. How would yeah. she? But she do can't that? steal these butts because they got them from their daddies. It's well, her ult- I, It's her ultimate challenge. I think she's recruiting these these boys oh. to help to help loot. Like, how are you going to carry off like you know? Okay. All the all the clay soldiers and you need a bunch of strong boys to do that for you. Yeah, she's like, I I got a uh, I got a stunt for you that only the strongest could do. Could you carry the Great Pyramid? Like just just for right, LOLs right. and put it in my right. vault. I see your vision. Yeah, either Gum that shoes. or shoes. Carmen's made off with the Louvre. <laughs> How'd she Gum do shoes. that? She Eight has all the big guys. boys. <laughs> Eight big Finnish men named Toivo. Just <laughs> our ten biggest boys are missing. <laughs> they're, they're in a tiny, tiny, tiny island, stealing it. <laughs> Either that or she wanted a stable of boyfriends who all make love for two furious minutes and then turn into the biggest, <laughs> warmest white noise machines you've ever seen in your life. The travel costs, though. My God. But yeah. all that snoring, they'd be easy to locate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to cheat when you're this it loud? It sounds like having a kennel. <laughs> it does. And all those, like, um, supplement farts, these guys are going to be easy <laughs> to find. <laughs> To the Shutdown Full Cast, you are listening to the Internet's only college football podcast. I am Spencer Hall. I am joined, as always, by Ryan Nanny, Jason Kirk, Hi. Holly Anderson, and on the ones and Hello. twos, we have Michael Serber. Hey, um, what do you think the British thought of King Ralph? The movie or the they, little guy? I mean, they're offended the by everything, so... like. But but this is one where I would kind of get it. We made a movie where the entire royal family dies in an, in an electrical accident. And awesome. John Goodman, who, if I remember correctly, has a <laughs> Packers jacket. for goofs. <laughs> has, has Explicitly a, for goofs. Yes, for, for brief goofs at that. There's not even that much mourning afterwards. <laughs> and then we send over John Goodman, who I believe is wearing a Packers jacket and a Bears hat. Or, or may, maybe it's a Cubs house. We said our best. Um, and there's a whole movie about how he goes over there and is just like, well, he's your king now. Eat shit. Like, what if what if Britain made a movie that was just like, oh, all of the 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 entire American cabinet died in a uh, roller coaster accident, and somehow, some way, it's uh, Liam Gallagher. He's the president of the United States now. I feel like that would be a hit. You think no. so? Yeah. I, I think, think we'd be. I think we'd be like you know. Fair enough. <laughs> nothing, we'd be like nothing lost. No, they'd be like the Senate. Everyone in the Senate died. We'd be like. Ah. I mean, we made that show and we put Kiefer Sutherland in charge. Yeah. So. I mean, I think when it comes to like, what if Britain did this or that to mm-hmm. us? Mm-hmm. Skill issue. 
Like mm. they could have just beaten lost. us at war if sure. they wanted. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or they could what win a world cup. What if we drank cup? all your fucking tea? Oh, the men's, the men's yeah, they could stop inventing sports they suck cup. at. Maybe. But like they had to be pissed, right? They're always pissed. Yeah. No, I think there was. I mean, listen. Based on maybe. First of all, King Ralph was probably the most popular three minutes in all of cinema in Ireland. Because the entire royal royal family died. And then they just left the theater. They're like, oh, that was a fine movie. I really enjoyed that. Short, but good. Yeah, that's it. Well worth the $5 I paid to watch it. Yeah. So it was probably very popular in Ireland. Also, probably in Scotland. They don't really... I mean... I imagine based on the one woman you'll always see on the internet who they're like, it's at Margaret Thatcher's funerals today. Right. What do you think, cranky-looking <laughs> Scottish lady? And she's like, I'd put a stick in her heart and put a garlic around her neck to make sure she didn't come back. And the guy's like, isn't that a mean thing to say on her damn funeral? And she's like, too bad. Too bad. She probably fucking loved King Ralph. <laughs> You're right. I, um... I hadn't I, thought I about admit that. that I had not considered Yeah, that no. Angle. There were probably many. Listen, what? King Ralph? King Ralph in India? King Ralph playing oh, at the yeah. Dollar in County Antrim? Yeah. Like, based on RRR and the success of RRR, sure. showing the British being humiliated and destroyed in the 1940s and 1950s or any vestige of the colonial apparatus being defeated at all, wildly popular, right? This is this is what you should do. You should take figures from the past who did terrible things and kill them in movies. King Ralph, huge in France. Huge <laughs> in France. No, France looks at that and they're like amateurs. Amateurs. <laughs> like they, their their monarchs died by accident. We'll we'll show you how to kill a monarch. Right, right. That's true. <laughs> we dares. We we invented a whole machine that France, kills them. France didn't see it. They were on vacation. Does it do anything else? Nope. That no. <laughs> Nope. But it's made with science and love. Cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. That's that's gotta be a great moment for Monsieur Guillotine. Hey man, what are they gonna use that for? Yeah, that'd be a crazy moment for him. Like, so what it, what happened with my magnificent machine? They're like, Yeah, we cut the king's head off. <laughs> you know. As again, one does. Oofs. Yeah. So after plotting the locations of the world's strongest man locations. Uh, I can only conclude that they are looking for locations near water. Yes. That's the only thing these uh. have in common, except for the one in the middle of China. That's by a, well, the one in Szechuan's by a river. Uh, in my opinion, that's not going to cut it. There's one in the middle of Hungary. That's also Ooh. an outlier. I'm, I'm still I, working on this. Hmm. <coughs> I assume what they do. We could do with a few fewer strong men. I assume what they do is at the end of every year... They uh, put the strongmen to sleep. They put uh, fix an oxygen tank put to them, their face. Oh, okay. Wrap sort of you know wrap them in some sort of insulation, chain them all together you know sort of like like a like a floating bob, and they push them out into the ocean and they sort of say okay, wherever you wash ashore next, that's where we'll have the next. Oh, like the rubber strongman competition. Yes, and it's just sort of like oh well, they they ended up here, so that's where we're having it. Yeah, I, Spencer. I think a river might actually count um, because the ones in uh, Zim- in and around Zimbabwe are very near Victoria Falls, for instance. L- literally, if our flight theory holds true with Victoria Falls, they could just jump right in. They could oh, just jump. Let's, 
I think that was also, by the way, they did Victoria Falls so they could have the visual of like gigantic waterfalls, huge men lifting wagon <laughs> axles, you know, like big wet boys, big, the biggest, the wettest boys. A running theme for a couple of weeks. Here. <laughs> lifting the heaviest objects. There is no like natural place to do this. Like it doesn't matter. Like just put it wherever. seems like it would be. I guess so, but. That's expensive. It, it's or sort like of Samoa. It's sort of it's sort of vacation. ridiculous no matter where you do it because it's just big boys lifting big things and and that's not a thing where there is something sort of so old timey about the world's strongest man competition that it like feels almost out of place. It's like watching somebody riding a penny farthing. Is it possible that you've answered your own question uh, by indicating that it's not that it's fits particularly naturally everywhere it's that it kind of fits everywhere yes that that's exactly what i mean it's a poorly fitting universal adapter it's like the circus like the circus doesn't make sense anywhere therefore you can have the circus Mm -hmm. anywhere i think iceland is where it makes sense because just in terms of my god there is a lot of humidity on this map we got we got like (laughs) numerous floridas um we got Mm -hmm. all sorts of southeast asia like yeah these big boys are going to be moist, and that's not ideal usually in terms of athletic performance sports-wise. Maybe we, maybe we have this wrong. Maybe there are certain events where they're like, you want them greased up. <laughs> you, want you, want a, you want the moistest man to pull a plane. <laughs> the moistest man to pull a plane. Who is, that's, yeah. that's a different competition. The world's moistest man. Are you a bad enough dude to overcome your own moisture? Summer was a little bit different that year. The plane I was pulling <laughs> was actually my father's love. <laughs> and my own wet hands. And my own big wet my self. My own wet hands. Yes, my own wetness. Um, no, I think maybe if we are considered, Upsetting. by the way, that these are all port or water adjacent because you have to float some of these dudes in. Mm. Half fourth, your Bjornsson, probably you have to barge him, I think. He's probably a barge-based like operation, sure, if I'm guessing. Sure. Yeah, like imagine where are you going to put him on a plane? Mm. Right. It's like when they bring King Kong. Oh, this to is New like York transporting horses to the Olympics. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. By the way, by the way, I, I really love that. Like, it's called fiction because you can have a fight where there's Hapworth Your Bjornsson on one side and Pedro Pascal on the other. That was a thing that that Game of Thrones did and said, "Here, this is something that could actually happen. We could put these two in combat." Yeah, you could. And then there'd be a result that's probably like the one in the show i was gonna say it ended kind of predictably but game of thrones didn't make bad choices so i don't know what you're saying (laughs) flawless television show otherwise totally accurate as well (laughs) totally realistic completely accurate (laughs) undead ice man rides dragon give me wear panthers yeah again i'm sorry i'm a sophisticate i watched true blood not We're, not gonna We're not going to do this again. We're not going to do this second. True Blood, a show that ended without disappointing anyone because <laughs> no. there were no expectations. <laughs> that show did the best thing. They alienated everyone who watched it <laughs> before they ever got to the finale. I was the wait, finale yeah, happened. alienated by True I don't Blood. Know, I don't know if this is true, but if I remember correctly, True Blood is also based on a series of books, right? Yes. 
was there a like contingent of the audience that was like, this isn't what happens in the novels. This I'm isn't true to the, I'm, I'm the author's positive. mission. I'm positive that if we go on Reddit, we will find this. <laughs> the books are so much hornier. <laughs> How? <laughs> Every you want to talk you want to talk about big sweaty boys. Everyone in that show walked in and they looked like they had just walked out of uh, you know, like uh, what is the a car wash? No, what is the Matthew McConaughey, John Grisham, A Time to Kill? They look like they had walked out of A Time to Kill, <laughs> covered in like KY jelly, just like oh lord, big Doing... wet dead guys. Sound like they're ready for world's strongest man. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm ready to pull a plane for you. Okay, <laughs> I declare I could pull an airboat. <laughs> such as such as the condition in which your heart has placed. Man, <laughs> I don't want to talk about triplet again. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. we'll do it next week. Another confusing thing for me on the world's strongest man is that my father is a competitor. He's not my dad, but he could be. Uh, his name is Eddie Hall, which is my dad's name, and it's great. Welcome to Doc Spencer's dad. It's great when you. Uh, when you get news alerts for him, because it's like Eddie Hall deadlifts nine hundred pounds, you know, and you're like, "Dad, you are fucking it up." And does it include the location? Yeah, <laughs> Eddie <laughs> Hall doing crazy shit in Reykjavik. <laughs> what, what were you doing in in Tromso, Norway? Damn, son. Yeah. So it's a little con- it's a little confusing for me on the Google alerts. Pleasantly confusing though. Well, you know when they're like, "Watch Eddie Hall eat twelve steaks for lunch." I'm like, mm, "I've seen that." I've seen so that you have happen. Google alerts for your dad? I do. I do. I had <laughs> they were for the world's strongest man in the run up at one okay. point. Gotcha. Eddie Hall was you know you have I have some Google alerts that I haven't taken off right. So like I have some for world's strongest men, various ones including Eddie Hall. This is back when he was trying to set a deadlift record. Uh, and he deadlifted a thousand pounds, and blood came out of his ears. Sure, um, you got that, Google I'm, I'm really asking: Is that good? It's it's very bad. Like, it's is fucking that, okay. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like in the within the context of the show, is that considered good? I mean, he's uh, trying really hard. The blood or the lifting? <laughs> the blood. Okay. Like, uh, is that like ooh, good effort? Yeah, it is. Um, it is good effort. Uh, and it is also really scary because not only did he have, good. not only did he have blood <laughs> in like his, blood. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, there's a famous video of a guy named Larry wheels. And now we're getting way into like strength Instagram heroes. Excellent. But there's a video of an extremely roided out Larry wheels, which is the only kind of Larry wheels there is deadlifting like a tremendous amount of weight and blood starts to come out of a part of his body up here. Like it just sort of a pipe burst somewhere in his upper right shoulder <laughs> quadrant and just blood starts to come out of him. And you're like, that's too much. He's got trap know. stigmata. Based, <laughs> based on Larry Wheels and Eddie Hall, you could you could definitely get me in a game of SEC position coach or world's strongest man competitor. <laughs> Spencer, how many strongman Google alerts do you have? Three. <laughs> Seems like that's that's more than most. I'm not judging. Do you, ha- do you have Google alerts for anything but this heists? Uh, so if there's a heist, 
Just the word heist. I get a Google alert for a heist. That was for an old project, but now this is like charmingly old-fashioned. Now I just every time there's a heist, I I, I hear about it. What if there's a strongman heist? <gasps> Wait, does that mean you'll a be heist the first committed? to hear about the Carmen San Diego thing? Does that mean a heist committed by strongmen or a heist in which strongmen are the target? I have three of those, and I have an <laughs> alert for heists. That's about it. I'm proud of you. I just I didn't realize that Google alerts were still like a functional thing. I, they are very I, that's kind of reassuring. I said this to Holly the other day, and I said I wasn't going to say it to you, but now I feel oh, like God. I have to say it to you. I take sure. no responsibility for this. Sure. You have some really charming grandpa tendencies. And Thank you. I have a Google alert for heist is one of them. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was it like, I think it, we did that like six or seven years ago, and I'm like, this is a net positive in my life on the internet. You should, you should cherish those. They're very few and far between. Also, this is for a project that didn't get sold, so if you want a really thick folder of crimes, we have that. Just a big folder full of crimes. That's that's what it will help you get. Anybody want to buy our crimes database? Crimes organized strictly around whether we found them charming or not. Mm. That's it. Charming heists. Only on Gimlet. So, world's strongest man, upcoming locations. Oh, no one knows yes. where they're headed next. Yeah, they, they gotta know where the boys float. <laughs> You can't you can't predict it. You can kind of see like where's the tide gonna go, whatever. But you don't the know tides, yeah. until Mark Henry appears on shore somewhere. <laughs> There's no way to know. We can't plan a thing. And then um, his incredible gravity. I have one question I would like to raise that is kind of a call to the audience to uh, the voicemail line. Holly, what's what's the? I, I'm not. This is not a bit. Uh, it's seven o four server. Is that right? Seven o four. Yep. Soulcast. Area code. Seven o four. That's a Charlotte area code uh, for. Uh, Mid-South Airlines purposes, Soulcast, S-O-L-C-A-S-T, hail to Ra, the sun god. Thank you. Uh, so my question is this, based on recent road travel and thinking about going on road trips uh, more broadly, I feel like in the United States, we talk about and advertise bathrooms a lot on our nation's highways. Best restrooms, cleanest restrooms, restrooms ahead. Like, it's a big focus of when you're driving, here are where the toilets will be and how nice they are. You're talking like a man who's just driven to Pensacola with an infant. That is exactly what just happened. Sounds like you've passed a few Buckeeses. Also correct. Buckeeses. And I don't have any objection to this, to be clear. But in thinking about it, is the United States the only place that is like this? Like, if you if you go if you travel through continental Europe, are you going to see a lot of signs that are like, "Oh, don't worry, sweet bathroom coming up, WC, LA." Like, well, is is this a is this a uniquely American part of the public highway discourse? I think so, and I think it's based on car culture because, like, a lot of in a lot of like say you're staying in a regular ass hotel not even a hostel in europe depending on where you are and and how old the city is you're in you might not even have a private bathroom in like a regular ass hotel room in europe i think the i think the baseline expectations around bathrooms are fundamentally different in places that don't have our huge car culture i can only speak for europe though okay i know that in former commonwealth places the bathroom is advertising worthy you will see billboards advertising bathrooms in New Zealand, for instance. But New Zealand has a curious thing that I want to see if this is at all. Uh, let us know. 
they have a thing where they label everything and i think that's a very british thing to do for instance you might just be out in the middle of the woods and there will be a sign on a tree and you could like what does that say you look at it it goes tree you're like oh <laughs> neat <laughs> you know you might be walking down Thanks, a path governor. and there's like not just signs but signs that are advisory signs so you will be driving and there will be a sign that says every i don't know 10 miles or so pull over take a rest are you mm -hmm. sleepy? And you go, mm -hmm. well, that's considerate. And then 10 miles later, it's like, you feeling okay, buddy? How you doing? And I'm like, this is this is a bit much. <laughs> so the over-labeling of things is very real. I think the American version is not just to over-label, but be like, hey, this bathroom, it'll change your life. Yeah. So so I guess what I'm, I'm asking uh, is if... If you're a listener and you have traveled extensively abroad and you can let me know, like, is this is this a thing? Can you go other places and people are <clears throat> proudly trumpeting their restroom, their public restroom facilities in the way that we do? I'm just curious. I, I can tell you Spencer, where. The, what about in Taiwan? What about like Taiwan? I can tell you where this isn't the case. And that would be China. <laughs> I would love to find a sign in China that's like our bathrooms are awesome. <laughs> I would. Because the experience otherwise is one of <laughs> unending horror. <laughs> one time there was a bathroom so bad, a German tourist that we were traveling with came out and goes, that bathroom is full of life. Oh, full <laughs> of life? life. <laughs> yeah. But you've never heard a more... I've never heard that. You've never heard a more disturbing use of the word life than in a German accent. I've never thought of that use before. <clears throat> like colonists goes, on a new planet. <laughs> like there's right, creatures exactly, like, emerging? There creatures in there. <laughs> Right? Like the kind of life the Wayland yutani Corporation wants to take back and study. That was the implication. The strong implication. So no, you will not see that in China. Okay. Good. This is helping. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I have I have something. Uh, two things. There's a theme to the things I want to discuss this week. There are two stories and they are interconnected. Uh, one is college football related. One is just, I think, Football related, but also societally important. It's good to get to that 42 minutes into the call. Mm -hmm. Let's kick off the show. Offensive coordinator for Ohio State, Brian Hartline, uh, was involved in what is described as a UTV crash early Sunday morning this past week. According to the Delaware County Sheriff's Department's initial report, Hartline admitted to medics that he had been drinking prior to a crash. Hartline, the driver of the UTV was laying on the ground when deputies arrived at the scene of the crash. Another male, identified as Josh Gaylor of Lewis Center, told law enforcement he was partially ejected from the vehicle, but did not know if Hartline was ejected. Uh, nobody seems to have been hurt. This was on his property, and it took place when? At 1 a.m. in the morning, early Sunday morning. Now, this is, I think, Fullcast relevant because it involves a drunken UTV crash allegedly. Not, UTV, by the not, way, I don't think you can lose the allegedly at this point. Side by side, mm. okay. Side by side, okay. All right. Um, according to the sheriff's report, which you know, that's a sheriff's report. You okay. Know. All right. Be enough of be <laughs> yeah. enough of a fake attorney with me, Ryan. You're not a fake attorney. Uh, all right. Sorry. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. To to be like, yeah, I don't know. Prom that's a police prominent report. Buckeyes attorney Ryan Nanny. Yeah, let's say the some good things I about him. Let's come to the defense of poor beleaguered Ohio State. <laughs> the only time Ohio State fans doubt cops. Yeah. <laughs> Back the blue. Except for this. Not like that. Blue? 
I think you mean the sheriff's department. Yeah. Regardless of the color of their uniforms, we back them (laughs) nevertheless. That should be one of those Facebook t-shirts that has the, you know, I'm a dentist and I'm from Northwestern Ohio (laughs) and I love my truck. And if you don't like it, yeah, it's like just all these little provisos. Yeah, Ohioans with like thin blue line shirts. Did, did, don't you ever feel conflicted about that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, it's a different shade of blue. I assure you. I don't know, man. Why do you hate the police? It's called back to blue because you're always finishing behind them. That's right. <laughs> Numerous years in a row. In my opinion. We saw. What did you want Everyone to ask? Saw. What did you want to ask about this accident, Spencer? Uh, that that one led like this is to me one of the most SEC accidents ever in Big Ten history, or SEC incidents because it involves one thirty in the morning, an ATV slash UTV. Right, it's a side by side. Somebody's gonna get me on that. And we saw a couple people uh, express astonishment at the hour. No, this is when you do this. Yeah. This is this is prime UTVing hours. Yeah, this is also, by the way, his first season as the Buckeyes' offensive coordinator. Yeah, the the time here is the time here is largely unremarkable in the context of the culture. Yes, uh, but this is by by far when you say, "How's your offense looking?" You go, "Well, our offensive coordinator, uh, you know, he got into a an ATV crash." That gives me confidence, or is that just the Tennessee talking? I feel good. Like that's soothing to me. I feel good. We've got the rowdiest boys in yep. charge of the offense. Finally, some They're not overthinking aggression. it. They're just letting it fly. It's, that's right. That's right. You can't act with doubt. If you're letting in... Brian be Brian. Is his name Brian? I just kind of figured. Yes. Brian Hart. Okay. Yes, he is a Brian. Yeah. Let Brian be Brian. Yeah. Let Brian Hart lie loose on an ATV. I just bumped Ohio State in my little like mental preseason rankings. I bet, you know, wherever they are, I'm ticking them up a notch or two, at least. Mm. If They're number one happening. in FPI, so maybe this is why. Yeah. <laughs> the computers know. <laughs> the algorithm saw ATV accident. It was like power magnifier plus one. Impressive. 1, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for getting. Thank you for me just imagining an AI saying that. Fucking Impress- hill jack computer. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all named it Hal, not me. <laughs> just, just somebody pouring like, like Doctor Publix or some sort of knockoff, pouring like Mountain Lightning, some sort of Mountain Dew thing over the computer, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're going to destroy it." You're like, "No, it, it needs this." I love Doctor Thunder Dave. Yeah. Thank you. I asked AI named Holler. Asked AI named Holler GPT what it thought. <laughs> Holler, Holler GPT requires saturation with a sugary soda once every seven hours, or it will start malfunctioning. Listen, Jason, your clock is starting now, but if you can successfully create Holler GPT, I'm confident you can sell it to Twitter for $10 million. <laughs> I only tell the truth. Let's see. Google domains. <laughs> Floyd, uh, if you're, yeah, Floyd, if you could please pick up that domain for us. Thanks, buddy. Who could have known that Aqua Teen would generate the soul of the most honest (laughs) GPT chat bot ever? $12 a year. Cheap at twice the price. (laughs) 
Oh, GPT, tell me he's going to win Darlington this year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we make an oracle? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. I guess depending on the state, we could sell it as a fortune teller. Yeah. Yeah. We could 100% do this. Man, uh, it would be a lot funnier if Skynet was country as hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to blow this shit up. <laughs> if, every, if every Terminator they sent back in time is just like, Woo-wee! every time you try to raise him with it, <laughs> it doesn't say don't tread on we. It says don't tread on me. I'm nuking y'all. I'm starting over. Get nothing but Terminators and big old trucks. I'm a simple man. And I love that song. Yeah, I do. If I just hear Simple Man playing and I hear the creep of tires behind me. I need a down to earth girl that I can kill. <laughs> oh my God. It's Bro Country Legend T2000. <laughs> You know, it's that smooth mobility of liquid metal that allows me to flow back and forth between genteel pop racism and old country overt racism. <laughs> That's what Luke Bryan actually is. Two tastes that go great together. Luke Bryan is a Terminator. A very doughy Terminator. <laughs> Don't make him too buff. They'll see you coming. <laughs> make him look normal, but supernaturally strong. Now, Luke, like, you know you're going to show up naked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mama made me. Give me your clothes, your boots, and your Silverado. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you joke. I'm going to go out in the driveway tonight and like naked Luke Bryant's going to be there. I'm like, ah, we did it. We predicted it again. Not again. Damn it. <laughs> I thought you were just looking for good times, not the death of all fleshy humans. He's, he's in his Randy Travis phase. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, which, which, hang on. Which Randy Travis phase? The other one. The Is other Randy, one. Randy Travis yeah. musical phase or Randy Travis extracurricular phase? Naked in his underwear getting arrested phase. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Server, this predates you, but I do have we do have a working theory from a long ago episode that Randy Travis is an alien uh, sent to Earth to teach humans to love. Only he's been here for so long that his his wiring is kind of dry and cracked and his programming's going a little bit. Yeah. That checks Earth's out. Kind of, Earth's so kind see, of... Honky Tonk Moon is actually about a bar that has had its roof shot out. And that's why it's shining on my baby and me. I'm going to add up the Them three wooden crosses is actually just a marker point for the ship to land. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get it. This is my alternate theory now that Randy Travis is the John Connor of this thing, mm. right? Like, he just keeps coming back, like, as a warning. Mm. <laughs> Don't fall for Luke Bryan's wiles. <laughs> Tremendous baritone warning. Yeah. <laughs> warbling. Warbling a gorgeous warning <laughs> while driving 80 miles an hour the wrong way down the road away from the cops. It's a metaphor. That's why he was doing it. That's why he was doing it. Can't trust anybody. That's why he he was doing it because it was a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes. what would listen? What kind? What kind of love does a time traveler have? The kind that is that lasts forever and ever, because he's constantly cycling in time. That's true. Amen. That's true. Amen, brother. See? The other vehicle-based story that I wanted to talk about because there were two important ATV accidents. By the way, to sum up, uh, Ohio State wins the national title this year. 
I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, See there, Ohio State. Stop emailing our bosses. Yes. We don't have any. Don't have any. Yeah. Uh, Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson was involved in a scary situation over the weekend while playing golf in the Denver area. Boy, there's a sentence nobody's ever written before. Terror while playing golf in the Denver area. While the nine-time pro bowler was playing at Arrowhead Golf Course in Littleton, Colorado, his golf cart appeared to flip over near a bunker. It's unclear exactly what happened to cause the golf cart to flip. You ever you ever flipped a golf cart? I don't know how, but no. He drove it up. He drove it up to the edge of the fucking bunker like an idiot, and flipped it over. He deserved what happened to him. Yes, and also and and also drove it up not straight on. Drove it at a at a weird angle. Yeah, and he fucked the bunker up. Like it is the most pedestrian possible way. (laughs) Bunker, like it's the least metal way he could have flipped a golf cart. Yeah. Like Server's. if he could have flipped it forward end over end, he would have done that. Server, you sound angry about this. Well, yeah, I am angry about the condition <laughs> of the bunker. I'm telling you right now, Russell Wilson was not the only was not the last person on the course that day. There were groups behind him. They come up, the bunkers fucked. The Rangers had to probably go rebuild the bunker. If you Ugh. if you turn over that's a cart a in a drop. bunker, that's a free drop. Those old dudes are supposed to do nothing but say, that, "Hey, get up here," and then that's it. That's their job. That's all they do. But, like, now they're going to have to go out there with all the young kids and help them with the bunker. Ugh. Yeah, I need Probably to close the hole. Just, I guess just put down a four. Fuck it. Just a treat. <laughs> put down a four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need you know, to- you kids could stand to do a little more hole closing. That's, that's, that's what Russell said. This is too many people to deal with this. This is, no, yeah. this is exactly, okay, so, like, Anytime there there's trouble on a golf course, they do this. They're people like people in this picture. Yeah, seven. Well, one guy's just looking. So he doesn't count. Well, right, because uh, supervising. Yeah. So like, on a golf course, when something goes wrong, I don't know if you've ever been on a golf course when like something goes wrong, uh, they'll be like, "Hey, don't you know hole eight? You know, it's there's don't go. Something's happening at a hole eight. Ghosts. So, Ghosts. Ghosts. Ghosts all over the hole. So Ghost. Natu- Ghost. So naturally, what happens? You go to look, right? Like, oh, yeah, don't oh, go sure. to hole eight. And you're like, yeah. walking right over there. It's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I'm, I assume that's what happened here is that somebody was like, yeah, some idiot flipped. A, say, like, imagine you're over there. And someone's like, some idiot flipped, a, you know, a, a cart in a bunker. You're, you're like, well, I'm going to go look at the idiot who flipped a cart in a bunker. And then, y'all, it's Russell Wilson. I'm calling people. Hi, hi guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Hello, so there is there is a further in the tweet that you've sent us. There is there is a further report that he was in the cart, but he was not driving. Oh, boring. But it says a teammate was driving, which feels like maybe some shit. There's no fucking way. That's some bullshit. This is some this is some Alex Murdoch shit. If I ever team. heard it, who the, on that the, team this, would uh, play golf with him? I think we know Russ well enough to know the, uh, the person who took the wheel was Jesus. Nobody <laughs> wants to. Who? So, a terrible driver. The most implausible Russ is blaming bit of Jesus all here. of this. <laughs> yeah. That they could have let this go, but now they're implying an even bigger lie of all, which is that anybody on that team wants to hang out with him. I love that he's, he said, Broncos country, let's ride. And then there's a ride. To <laughs> <laughs> Straight oh. to the bunker, baby. This was, this was on. Here's the other thing. <clears throat> Brian Hartline was riding his UTV on a Saturday night, late Saturday night, right? Mm-hmm. As one R- does. Russell Wilson's golf cart flipped on a Thursday in the middle of the day. Like, 
Time and place matter for these things. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Brian Hartline was having fun. And, and bet, Brian Hartline was on his prop. Brian Hartline was on his property, right? He was on his property. Minding yeah. his business. Minding yep. his business, engaging yep. in his own, you know, maybe not thoughtfully wagered out foolishness, but still. Yes, yes. And God, I bet that felt fun. Like, let's mm. not leave that out of the story. When you're like, what does riding an ATV around in the dark at 1.15 a.m. with, you know, maybe a couple of drinks in your system, how does that feel? Incredible. That's the answer. It feels incredible. Is it safe? No. It had to be really fun, though. How does this feel? This probably feels like you're an idiot. <laughs> it, oh, it 100% does. Now, have you ever crashed a golf cart, though? I have crashed a golf cart. What, how, how do you mean? Cra- what do you mean crashed a golf? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so. There's not doors that full, like, you know, what What are you talking about? Not full inversion, right? Did not, no, did not flip. Yeah, we said right? you didn't We've flip We've established it, that. But, but, yeah, there's not that much cart to crash is what I'm saying. There's a dangerous Rubicon that you can cross when you realize that you can hit things with golf carts, um, because then you just start hitting them because it doesn't does really affect mean? them very much. You can hit something with anything. Well, you can hit things with a golf cart and they'll keep working. Is what I mean. And then you can return them, and then the next round your recklessness is only doubled because you go, well, I hit someone with this golf cart and it was fine. But I'm probably going to try to hit my friend again. So you've decided. Oh, so okay. you you so at some point in your. Uh, Younger times. This you is decided, a TikTok that you're you decided about. that a golf cart was basically a bumper car without a restricted area. I didn't decide that. They're made that way. No, Ryan. that's what you decided no, to do. It with was them. revealed to me okay. the true right. inner nature ah. of the golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> Something okay. that you refuse to see. Kids get an English degree so you can learn to use. My third eye is like closed. This. Your third eye is closed. Mine, brother, it's open. <laughs> the golf cart, which decided to become a metaphor. <laughs> Golf carts can hug, is what I'm saying. What did you do? How did? All right. So what? Did, how did you wreck a golf if cart? If not called bumper, why no bump? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So, the sport that I was asked to play when I was younger was golf, and <laughs> I did not particularly enjoy it. And occasionally, my siblings were also invited along, including my sister. My sister, um should never be at the wheel of any vehicle and drives like a distracted cat. She will look at the road one minute and that's fine. And then the next minute she will start crocheting while at the wheel of a car and not looking. And this very much described her approach to golf carts, but her third eye was also open without, you know, some of us have to go through that process of, Oh, you know, the world actually doesn't have rules. And some of us are just born with, Oh, no fences. I will behave accordingly. That's my sister. So my dad is yelling at me for uh, golfing because that's what dads do. Dads just golf at, you know, you're just like, I don't know how to do any of this. And he's like, golf, you know, and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. I hate this. And I think I might, I think I might know why you don't like golfing. I think you figured it out. <laughs> I think we all figured it out real fast, Ryan. So um, I'm sitting there sucking and... <laughs> My dad is attempting to do something very foolish, which is enjoy a round of golf at the same time. Not possible. Right. You're a dad. You're a dad. You know this. It's not possible to enjoy an activity you're trying to teach a child at the same time. It's just not. They're, they're going to be doing the thing. You're going to be over here. That's different. And we're playing along. And my sister is, I hear that we have two carts. And I'm supposed to drive one. And my dad's supposed to drive the other. No one is supposed to be making the noise 
where you press the pedal down in here at the time. But I am getting ready to tee off from, I don't know, my ninth shot in the middle of the fairway. And I hear, and I look back, and my sister, mind you, I'm about 12 at this time. My sister is 10, and she has the pedal down and the wheel bearing down at my dad in the cart. <laughs> he has to throw himself sideways out of the way. <laughs> She goes barreling down while my dad on the ground is going, break, break. So she hits the brake. It's a near accident. Okay, we're not going to do that again. But I thought, you know, that's interesting. Now I have to drive and she has to sit in the passenger seat. We all have to behave. My dad hits his shot. He pulls the cart up. He pulls forward. I get in the cart. And I've had a very bad time that day. And um, I get in the cart and I go, Emily, watch this. And my dad is getting ready to take off. And right as he lets off the brake, I ram the back of his golf cart at full top speed, causing cart, causing clubs to go everywhere. It was beautiful. It was absolutely <laughs> stunning. You goddamn monster. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oops. And like the least convincing oops in the world. And then the, the round of golf was, uh, was canceled. Are was you canceled stopped? We had to stop. Yes. I know. You we were- had to stop. You were at the ninth at that point? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure we were at like, uh, the third. It was real early okay. in the round. Oh, I yeah, wouldn't have stopped. No. See, that's what I was going to say is that, that what makes golf as a <clears throat> dad-child activity a little different than other dad-child activities is you dads will pull the plug on other things. Like, we just got to the beach, but it's going terribly. Fuck it. Pack it all back up. We just got to the baseball game, but you just dumped ice cream all over your sister. Nope, we're done. We're leaving. Golf is the thing where where a dad will be like, we are going to play all 18 fucking holes, and I don't care if I hate every goddamn second of it. There is a start and there is a finish, and we will complete it. It takes a lot to pull a dad off the golf course altogether. It wasn't me. It was my sister. It was no, no, my, it, no, was it was pre- you. No, it was, was pre- you. It, it was the presence of my sister. If it had just been me, that had happened multiple times, right? Where we're like, we're going to have 18 holes, 18 miserable holes that both of us will fucking regret for the rest of our lives. The presence of my sister, too much, too much chaos. She was the tipping point. I don't, I don't feel comfortable blaming her when she's not here to defend herself. I feel very comfortable blaming her. I'm sure you do. Absolutely. I, as, as the other culpable party, I'm sure you do feel good. It could be that all golf endurers are dads. That, <laughs> yes, I think there's something to that. <laughs> Do you ever hear anybody with mom out there? Like, we're going to play golf. No, because no. they have fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to stand out here in the middle of this toxic chemical spray grass runway. We have rampant no misery at home. Yeah, with no shade, <laughs> with two very pale children. <laughs> we are going to drive you up and down this course for no gain for anyone. For eighteen, we're gonna do it eighteen times. We're not just gonna do it once. We'll do this eighteen times. Yeah, I am such a mom right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I want no part of this. <laughs> I'm not even going to begin with. <laughs> At least with football, you're like, well, I don't know. They get concussions, but there's a clock. It's gonna be over. With. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> concussions at there home. is it hor- it's horrible, but it'll end. You guys have the wrong approach. Like, 
I'm Sir, I, I becomes for context. I, we should probably mention that Serber like recently retook up golf. It no, not re. Took it up for the first time. I oh, never I played. You played when you were little. No, I like had a cup in the backyard that my grandpa cut for me. He took me one time to the driving range. I hit the ball really bad, got a little upset, and he was like, "This isn't for you." And then I never so played golf again. Well, so you've talked about hand in the dirt about how you have you have been uh, gearing yourself up to. There's and therein, an therein lies my point. It does not matter what happens between hole one and eighteen. It all matters what happens in the dressing room. As long as I am able to put on a brand new pair of like Air Max nineties or Jordans or something like that, and a nice dry fit, and I look good, the rest of it is really it doesn't matter. I'm putting so a cooler. Is, I'm putting a cooler in the back of the cart to get yep. drunk in the middle yep. of the day while my wife yep. is at work, and. And on, and I don't feel guilty about it at all, and I look really good for like four hours. It's the only time I look athletic in my life now. So we're going look good, feel we... good, play good. But nope, we're nope. Skipping the last. Get rid of get thing. rid of the play good. Not important. Yeah. This yeah. is the sir, biggest sir, distinction I think between golfing now and golfing in the seventies up until like nineteen ninety five, probably probably longer than that even, like. The time of the era in which Spencer was golfing and, and in which I was golfing as a teen, nobody looked good. Whether you had money, whether you like cared about it a lot, like everybody's shoes were fucking ugly. Everybody's polo shirts were itchy and sweaty. Like, and this included the professionals. Like, you go back and watch. Like, I don't know. <laughs> The 1993 U.S. Open or something. You'll just be like, look at all these fucking dorks. They look fucking stupid. Seriously, they all they all look like people who were handed the 1978 J.C. Penny men's casual section and stranded in the middle of a sun-blasted, like, a sun-blasted uh, future, uh, like, graveyard. They look right? like, like a Florida church extras. Home. Yeah. It's it's like the All idea the idea that anybody would have looked at any golfer at that point in time and been like, Oh man, those shoes are great and I want them yeah. is bonkers. The, and, the, and, and I know that's not what we live in now, but Yeah. yeah. No, the, the game of golf did nothing to hook me. It was merely the an extension of finding a new fashion to be infatuated with. Sure. Um and then the golf just kinda comes along with it and I do that. I, I like the opportunity to, oh, I can buy a golf bag that I like, too, that I think looks cool. It's so, really so. just like I hadn't bought clothes in a really long time. The Chuck Taylors I have are from my senior year sure. of high school. Right. <laughs> wow. Right. Those Good are, Lord. Th- th- that's some endurance. That's some value. Well, I have a lot, I've always had a lot of Chucks, so they get okay. rotated. Oh, okay. So, Server, what you're saying is that to take children out on a golf course, what I should do is – or what any children out pr- on the golf prospective course. father <laughs> to do. defeat children <laughs> on a make golf sure course. You should have like uh, make sure you should get drunk. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't get yeah. the children drunk. Get them a little drunk. A little drunk. <laughs> a little drunk. As, <laughs> as your lawyer, I must advise you. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Get an EU passport. Doesn't have to be real. Just has to be believable. <laughs> that I way, dis- when the marshal comes over and says, "Hey, what what's going on here?" Put on your worst accent and be like, "Oh, in my country, we let an 11 year old." Buongiorno. Get out the slab, or we let child get dimpled. Four extremely <laughs> nondescript but fringed mini flags. 
bags to put on the corners of your <laughs> cart and claim diplomatic immunity. I mean, if you put just a little bit of the beer these in the bringing, Barbie bottle. Bringing back, like, child labor, like, fuck it, man. If you're 14 right. years old, you put in 10 hours at the factory, you get a fucking drink. Let the girl smoke. Let the girl smoke. Yeah, if we're bringing back child labor, we Let kids smoke. <laughs> Hey, smoking's cool. Kids are lame nowadays. Make them cool. <laughs> look, we're never going to make smoking look uncool, so we're going to have to fix this in other ways, okay? Objectively, smoking is probably the coolest thing you can do. Yeah. You know what's not cool? Vaping. No. Bring back smoking. Absolutely. Yeah. Hello to all the parents who let their kids listen to this in the car. We have repeatedly warned you about this. <laughs> we are your cool uncle. Kids, <laughs> you know, if you take the pack of Marlboro Reds and roll it up in your sleeve, sleeve it will yeah. look awesome. You kids, I guarantee you your parents smoke, and they're just better at hiding it than you are right now. Yeah, you may lack self-confidence and self-worth, but you know what's going to make you feel better in both those departments? Smoking. Operating a lathe while smoking. Operate a lathe Smoke while you are doing so. Yeah. I can smoke just while you're smoking. You know, you think I'm joking. You think I like I think I'm joking, no, but no, like no, we're if, not. I, if I if I went out on a golf I'm course joking. with both of my children and I had a 12 pack of beer, one <laughs> of them would of be like smoking. one of them, at least one of them would be like, "Let me wet my beak, father." Just one. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> some some Ron DeSantis staffers listening to this and is like, "Cerber's pro golf and smoking. We should get him on the campaign." <laughs> <laughs> like the way this guy thinks. I'm going to attack Disney World with a bunch of angry smoking toddlers. Also sounds like he's got a handle on fashion, which we could also use some real fucking help with. Uh, That's where where they really need me. Mm. So that's it. Child labor golf course. Got it. Is it? Okay. We've been, a lot of people have asked us about um, what our uh, future merch plans are for the the store. And we've, we've, you know, we've. Listen, we've got a lot going on. I, I don't intend to answer all those questions right now, but I'm I, I just I just want to toss this out there. Is it technically illegal for us to sell uh, to sell like little flags that we say can put on cars and give you diplomatic immunity? <laughs> no. Okay. Is, is, it, is it technically <sighs> illegal for us to promise diplomatic immunity? I mean, oh, yeah, Dipset part- got away with it. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Do we have the like, confidence of them? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I do. Yeah. I don't, Camera. Oh, okay. I don't have the confidence of, of Dipset, no. I don't I don't either. I didn't say it I was d- earned. I, few do. Right. I didn't say it was earned, but I feel like I could get there. Okay. As an expert in Jewel Santana law, I say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel confident. I what about Okay, what about like diplomatic parking passes? Like you know, in that chan- one billions episode. Chances sure. are, we can actually find a country that will be willing to partner with us. Texas A&M would do it. We just tell them we're Saudi. <laughs> Y'all, okay, Cerber, you've been gone all day. You have heard who is trying to buy the commanders, right? Mm-mm. All right, so what? So let's walk through right, what yeah, happened. Ryan, here. go ahead. <laughs> so Dan Snyder announced, I don't know, a couple months ago that the commanders, I didn't announce it, but let it leak that the commanders were being put up for sale. Bunch of different names well, sort of four. popped up. Uh, actually, not actually for anything is the mm. fucked up part. Like this is this very much seems to be maybe he's getting pressured to do this, but. It's not a forced sale that the NFL is making happen, which they have done in other circumstances and which other leagues have done as well. Um, bunch of names come up. Jeff Bezos' name comes up. Tillman Fertitta's name comes up. Tillman, I think, says that 
he put an offer in for five and a half billion dollars and but told them that was his max and he wasn't going to go higher than that he bought the rockets for i want to say two billion if that sounds familiar i don't know could be wrong so then finally this uh multi-ownership group that includes uh the guy who they think is the majority owner of the Philadelphia 76ers announced that they've reached terms with Dan Snyder to buy the team for $6 billion. And then a mystery bid comes in late. It is Tuesday, April 18th, by the way, as we're recording this. And this was mis- what, last night? Uh, the mystery bid came in last week. Like, this was all like announced, the- I want to say, like, Wednesday or so, and the mystery bid All right, this was in. last week's thing that happened right after the full cast. Yeah. Yes. To talk about. The, the mystery bid came in, like, Thursday or Friday or something like that. And it was a, it was rumored to be at least $7 billion. So a full billion over what the deal Dan Snyder was prepared to take came from. And it also was not contingent on any financing. It was more or less somebody showing up and saying, like, I'd like to buy your house, and I have an all-cash deal. It was probably Frank Langella. The person who is uh, fronting this deal, uh, I have to look up now. Uh, It's another Brian. Brian Davis? (laughs) Brian Davis. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes. Um, What do we know about Brian Davis, kids? uh, Brian Davis is a former Duke Blue Devil. And um, today... Who was it that came out with the new? Who who was it that came out with this, Holly? I forget who who actually said that mm. where this money baby coming from. Looks like Darren Haynes. Okay. Oh, hey, Darren. Um. And Darren Darren Haynes has reported that this money is may in fact all be coming from. The Saudi Sovereign Fund, the same fund that is uh, propping up Live Golf and For now. now is like trying to buy one of the uh, most known, that feels like the most neutral word I can use, mm. franchises most in the name. NFL. Most public. One of the most, most NFL. Most extant. Yes, one of the most NFL franchises. Most present, definitely present. I can't decide it would be fun if it would be funnier for the Saudi Royal Fund to control the football team in our nation's capital, or for them to buy it and move it to Dubai. What is what is particularly uh, darkly delightful about all of this is that once Dubai the is first... not in Saudi Arabia, by the way, don't at me. It's once just where f- it's going to go. Once the first deal was announced. Lots of people, rightfully so, were like, all right, well, here's, you know, the deal on this new owner. But no matter what, it's better than Dan Snyder. And in swoops. (laughs) (laughs) About that. Um, Which, like, uh, there's no nice way to put this. The journalist who was beheaded in Saudi Arabia was a writer for the Washington Post. Was a reporter for the Washington Post, wasn't he? Yeah, what do you think the asterisks and the disclosure stories in the Washington Post for this are going to look like? I, I, on the one hand, I I am sure the NFL doesn't want this to happen because <laughs> because it's messy, because it's mm. like uh, inconvenient and annoying, and and like I think 
most of the reason why they have been angling to get new ownership of the Washington franchise <clears> is <throat> because Dan Snyder is messy and annoying. And it doesn't really make sense to sort of just like trade that for a an even bigger problem that you can't do anything with. Maybe the Saudi Royal family is going to own a football team. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm leaning probably not. I think the reason the NFL wouldn't want this, uh, this, this, this part I, looks like was reported by Front Office Sports since we since we mm, are yes, a accrediting yeah. organization yeah, yeah, uh, suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the reason the NFL wouldn't want this is people would say, ooh, like the golf thing? They would sound mm. like a second-rate sports venture, right? Right. That would be the embarrassing thing. Not yeah, you're anything right. That would be way or... more of a deterrent no. for them than anything else. No. And make those um, September 11th games really fun, though. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that. Um, so what kind of a tribute to 9-11 are we doing? <laughs> oh, against. Against. Okay. Right. <laughs> Um, on the other hand, Dan Snyder doesn't have to sell this football team and has said previously, uh, like back in December, that $7 billion is the number that he wants. And he already hates basically every other owner in the league and has been allegedly spying on them and threatening to dig up all this dirt and expose whatever. <clears throat> like he, he clearly has no bridges left to burn. I have a hard time believing that he would say, you know what, it would be smoother for everyone else if I just took the $6 billion and did the thing that was nicer and uh, less dramatic for the NFL as a league. Like, I don't think Dan Snyder gives a shit about that. I think he'll take the $6 billion offer if another billion dollars from somewhere else can magically show up for him. But I don't think he's about to just turn down a $7 billion offer because it causes the NFL a PR problem. Hmm. But can it's the, not just up to him. Can, so. Yeah, can the NFL just do it like, oh, no, now you're owned by all of us. The The franchise is owned by the rest of us. I, I, I think the NFL could technically... Do, I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass here. But I think sure. like that is a thing the NFL could do. I feel like that's what happened with, I want to say, the Was New Orleans the Hornets, Hornets franchise. Aesthetically <laughs> yeah. Wherever yes. they were. Wherever yeah. they were at the time. Yeah, the Hornicans. Um, that would at least be aesthetically interesting because it would be, well, how could this Commander's franchise get more generic? Right. <laughs> oh, we have your answer. We're going back to here football Here come the cheerleaders team. all wearing the Rob Lowe NFL hat. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's nothing about this, this stupid franchise can ever be normal. Like when, has there ever been a sustained period in the last 25 years where it was just like, yep, just normal times with, with, with Washington? No, no, no. They're always having something like if things get quiet and successful for a while, then they, mysteriously sign a an overweight injured veteran for five times his market value wow albert worth being hey unnecessarily here he's i assume that's who he's talking about well he's to your point though one. to happen with dana stubblefield too sure it is just yeah. a rotation sure no that's it man like dan snyder loved nothing if not an uh, overpaying veteran talent which veteran talent 
like knew to the point where it was a running gag like oh you're gonna sign with washington <laughs> good job so it's it's far from an insult for this podcast to point out a big guy got money just to lay around mm. good yeah that's, that's, dream. that's what we're all about big salute big dudes right? getting paid for being prone or a sewage pipe would burst or there'd be a story about how they were trying to sell you know mattresses owned by a dan snyder company at the game or whether they were going to, you know, concessions are closed, but you can still get meals at Johnny Rockets in the econ course. Like, just every bit of insane nickel and diming and wealth extraction. I, it's amazing that somebody treated their own franchise like like a an extractable resource. <laughs> like, like that, that Dan Snyder just mined it for value until there was nothing left. The fracking kings of the Washington Bayou. He fracked his own franchise. Kind of all he did is just wait, though. Like, he just bought it, yeah. didn't give a fuck, waited on it to become far more valuable, and then left. That's it. He crockpotted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, the, the entire time, in addition to all this shit, like, numerous scandals, having the most racist name in, like, sports history, mm-hmm. like, just a, just an incredible tenure. The like stadium a, a, literally falling apart. A, not only the stadium falling apart. The but stadium like, causing players to fall apart. Yeah. And stadium alternatives where it was like, okay, so now the Washington franchise is going to be closer to Baltimore than the city in which it's actually named? What? That's sick. Give Baltimore two NFL franchises. They <laughs> <laughs> deserve it. Move the Chargers <laughs> there, too. Move, yeah. We can buy all the Zubaz and we will wear them all the time. <laughs> Baltimore's been through a lot. Let him. Steve Spurrier got paid though. Move the Colts home. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's how. I like people say that you know this is verifiable that Steve Spurrier was a failure as an NFL coach, but he has a lot of company. Everyone else who coached for the Washington franchise was a failure as well. I think Steve Spurrier also recognized. Like I think, I think it's entirely possible Steve Spurrier took this job because he recognized, oh, this franchise is too stupid to not hire me, and so I might as well take their money for as long as they'll give it to me. I love that. To Spurrier's credit, too, one, he left money on the table by leaving mm-hmm. because he said his give-a-damn was broke. Mm-hmm. Only football franchise. K- keep in mind... This man later coached South Carolina. He coached Duke and South Carolina. His give a damn also not broke break his South give a Carolina. Damn. No, his, his give a damn definitely broke that last year. His give a damn may have been Carolina. irreparably damaged before he got there. Yeah. Took, he got them to a point of success, and then his give a damn broke. That's okay? true. Yes. yes. But, Listen, Stephen Garcia will put third degree burns on anybody's give a damn. Mm-hmm. And he and he glided right through that baby, like like on to the next. The Washington franchise absolutely broke his give a damn. And two, uh, Steve Spurrier also made sure that nobody worked too many hours. So in terms of reducing exposure to the evil of the Washington football franchise, Steve Spurrier was doing a lot of good there. He's like, yeah, it's five o'clock, go home. Nobody needs to be around this crap. <laughs> the give a damn restored in 2019 for uh, as head coach of your AAF champion, Orlando Apollos. <laughs> An inspired turn as the head coach of the Orlando Apollos. Steve Spurrier and Mike Shanahan both had finished with the exact same winning percentage. See? At Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking terrible. 375, but that's what they did. The mastermind, Mike Shanahan. Oh, suck it. Spurrier's got your record. (laughs) Yep. 
Who's? But that's all right. Since you're looking, who yeah. is of all of the people? Every time they hired somebody, it sounded hilarious. That's the, how you know a franchise is a joke when you go, "Who's right. their coach?" And they're like Jim right. Zorn. You're like, yeah, sure, yes. sure. Where do you, where do you want to start? Who had the best winning percentage of any coach? Um, well, in let's team, in team history. No, under under Dan Snyder's tenure as okay. Owner. So so when does Dan Snyder buy the team? Ninety nine. Seven? Ninety five? It's like in well, there. Well let's well let's see. Oh, this, where, is an answer, this is an answer no, question. There is no answer. When do you think um, Dan Snyder? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. So let's say two thousand is the first year that he <clears throat> um has that level of control. Uh the coach hold on. I'm sorry, this is not good audio, but I'm working on it. What? Um, huh? Norv, uh, all right, Norv Turner's the coach that year, but Norv Turner is a holdover, so he doesn't get credit for Norv. The first coach that he hires <clears throat> is Marty Schottenheimer in 2001, who goes 8-8, eight and eight, which is, like, pretty pretty uh, respectable. Mar- Marty Schottenheimer doesn't coach another season after that. I'm trying to figure this one out Broken. because I don't remember yeah. why that happened. Um Oh, because, because he Dan, took the Chargers job. Because Dan Snyder fired him after one season to hire Steve Spurrier <laughs> instead. <laughs> Marty then went to went on to the Chargers where he had uh, two ten win seasons. So didn't um, they all? Great choice. So, so so right. So so Marty Schottenheimer before this had been working on ESPN, and he criticized Dan Snyder for being a meddlesome owner. Then Dan Snyder hired him. Then, um, uh, then he fired him to hire Steve Spurrier. Okay, so Steve Spurrier then goes three seventy five. Uh, after that, it is is this Joe Gibbs comes back? No, it's back? Joe Gibbs. That's it Joe, is Joe Gibbs. Gibbs comes back. But you know what? You don't get credit for that because that wasn't you. Just like called your dad's friend. That's not somebody that you really came up with. So that's, that's like, that doesn't well, count. Okay. Can we cover the NFL if we're talking if we're outlawing calling your dad's friend? Yeah, that eliminates uh, like three quarters of the labor force. <laughs> I just, I guess, I mean, like you don't get particularly. Uh, nobody's like, wow, what a brilliant hire that was to bring back a coach who had already succeeded with your franchise well before you were involved with it. Um, after Joe Gibbs, we jump to Jim Zorn. I'm going to say Jim Zorn had the best record sight unseen. There, that's my that's my guess. Uh, even Jim that Zorn, Joe Gibbs era, I think, is a losing record on the whole. So, like, I, even I, bringing I, back the legend didn't work. Let's see that that um, Joe Gibbs in his time thirty and thirty four had a four sixty nine record. He had okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, if for 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 somebody who coached more than one season in that pit of absolute despair, he has the highest winning percentage. So in, in Joe Gibbs' initial run with Washington, he had one losing season. They went 7-9 and nine in 1988, and the rest were 500 or better, um, including uh, three Super Bowl wins and an NFC title in there as well. And when he came back, he had two losing seasons out of his four years. So, yeah. Um... Joe Gibbs is probably the best still, even with that, um, at least for now. Then you get to 
you get to Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn gives way to Mike Shanahan. Uh, all of these coaches, Mike Shanahan, Jim Zorn, and Steve Spurrier, all finished with the same winning percentage, all 375s, <laughs> like completely irrelevant <laughs> and completely different as coaches go too. These are the dumbest. These are the dumbest hiring practices. This is literally, if you go in order, it's literally like guy who was there. Yep. Toady. Yep. Old guy. Yep. Flashy guy. Yep. Old guy. Yep. Toady. Wait, old guess guy. Who's coming, guess who's coming up next? Someone's brother. Jay you Gruden. Couldn't get, you couldn't Jay get Sylvester Stallone. It is so someone's you brother. And you got Frank Stallone. He Jay was there a long time. Jay Gruden is there for <laughs> he was 85. There so much longer than I yeah. remember. He's there for 85 games. Uh, he finishes with a 418 record. And that pretty good. <laughs> the current coach, Ron Rivera, who through 50 games is at 450. So I guess Ron Rivera is maybe? No, it's Marty Schottenheimer at 500. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. right. It is Marty Schottenheimer. <laughs> it's still Marty. Yes. <laughs> Best hire that Dan Snyder made was the first one and the one he bailed immediately on again to hire Steve Spurrier. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a pretty good run. And that doesn't even get into, like, draft decisions, like, free agency, all this bullshit. Like just a, just a miserable, stupid franchise. All because think about also in this time span, how many other franchises have like ridden the normal wave of we're terrible, we're good, we are you know we make changes, we grow, we suck. Like they all have, even the Jets in this time span go to multiple AFC Championship games. Even the fucking Jets have moments where they're like, we are good at football. The Jaguars have had like three rounds of being really good in this <laughs> Correct. time. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And Washington's fucking clueless. Who's had more winning seasons, the Lions or Washington? Oh God. In oh their God. history? Since, two, since 2000. This millennium? I, I, you guys don't have to look. I will look. I just wanted to pose no, the question. No, let's look. Uh, this is important to look. I, the, I, the, the, so here's the tricky thing. Washington... What, part of why Washington is the way it is is they don't have a ton of terrible seasons. They don't do the Browns thing where they're like, oh, we won two games. They Washington is what the Rams were for so many years where it's just like, oh, they went 7-9. and nine. Oh, they went 6-10. and 10. So they never accumulate uh, – they never benefit from any draft capital. And they're always sort of like pushing late in the season for no goddamn reason. And they're always just stuck in the middle – like, this is what, honestly, this is what the Milwaukee Bucks were for years before Giannis turned into Giannis. And, like, that's not going to happen for a fucking NFL franchise. It's just not. So th I suspect you will find many more Washington winning seasons than Detroit winning seasons. I know. Uh, it's Detroit. I yeah, it's Detroit 6-5. to five. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or, excuse me, 7-5. to 7-5. Five. Seven to five. Detroit Brutal. had a winning season last year at 9-8. and eight. Damn. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I all of a sudden realized I was like, wait, the Lions are so bad, but I think when Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson were there, oh, they true. accomplished yeah. more right. than the than You're the right. than Washington has accomplished in twenty three years. Winning season was eight, seven, and one in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. When's the last time they won a playoff game? They they haven't won more than ten games. 
They last won a playoff Since game. Uh, Joe Gibbs' Super Bowl in 1991. No, that was, there's another one in there. There's, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm looking a wild, at There's a wild yeah, card there, win. Yeah, 2005 the wild card win. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe Gibbs got him a win. Yeah, it's both for Gibbs. <laughs> that's still 17 years ago that they won a wild card game over a John Gruden Bucks team. <laughs> yeah, they haven't won a playoff a late, game. A late Gruden Bucks team. A bad John Gruden Bucks team. <laughs> yeah. Fallen Gruden. A a Chris Sims Gruden Bucks team. <laughs> they they haven't punished won a, Gruden. <laughs> oh, they haven't God. won a playoff game without Joe Gibbs since 1972. <laughs> <laughs> so again, about taking this team into government receivership. Yeah. 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 That I means mean, well. That means that they can no longer do things like, for instance. In, te- in 2006, they sold September 11th commemorative hats for the fifth anniversary. I get pro or anti? Good question. <laughs> okay. um, the hats were black commander's hats with a red, white, and blue Pentagon patch on the side. They sold for $23.99. There was no mention of the profits going to any 9-11 charity, and no other team sold any other kind of commemorative 9-11 merch that season. <laughs> Vince Lombardi coached this franchise and finished with a negative point differential. <laughs> this is the same year they were caught selling surplus peanuts from a bankrupt airline at games. What? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know about this. That's Tell me everything. Business. There are so there are scandals within scandals. Tell Just... me everything about this. Season ticket holder Jim O'Brien noticed that the bag of peanuts he bought at a game was decorated in royal blue and white instead of the team colors. And it had the logo for Independence Air emblazoned on it. (laughs) The problem was that Independence Air went out of business in January of that year. And that the shelf life for a bag of peanuts is three months. Nine to 12 months old at the least. I'm sorry that I'm too good at business. This is my favorite Washington fact. (laughs) I'm going to tell everyone this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the absolute best. That's beautiful. Uh, oh, God. What a world. Yeah. What a rich tapestry we inhabit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. maybe the Saudis own this franchise now. Good luck, because can you imagine what the what whoever owns this will will find when they like get into the literal and computer files and be like, oh my God. It's all on floppies, stored, damn it. They have so much porn on site. Why your do they have so much HR porn de- in their offices? Entire HR department is run on Dino Park Tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> Which would explain some be things. By far the coolest thing Dan Steiner ever did. <laughs> I was going to say, also having an HR department is the big assumption there. And, huh? and what, what, what also unfortunately gets lost now is that Dan Snyder is just going to be out there with at least $6 billion. Yeah, and he wants part of the deal to be a uh, get-me-off-the-hook clause. Like <laughs> yes. he wants a, it's a, a lawyer word, in indemnity. Uh, I'm indemnified. sure Ryan could explain yes. that word. And that's, he wants the to get billion, out of jail free card? The $7 yes. billion dollar offer includes a full indemnity, a full indemnification <laughs> that basically says... Are like, they going to find bodies? So does Kate. I've, he's going to have like... That. He's given himself. So does this full cast. He's like, I have full legal immunity in Saudi Arabia. He's just leaving. Yes. Shut down full indemnity. Yep. I'm a prince now. Yep. Emir, Emir Dan Snyder. Emir Dan. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna find. They're gonna find some shit in the basement. They're gonna find DB Cooper's money. 